you again for coming back to the channel. Really appreciate you giving these entries a listen. The next one I got up is pretty recent. It came out last year. Uh, it's called Unhinged. I just got to sit down with this last night, and while it's fresh in my head, I wanted to sit down and talk about it. I never really thought I would have given it a chance. It does kind of seem pretty random. However, it does have Russell Crowe, and I'm a big Russell Crowe fan. I kind of watched him in some really great films, such as Gladiator, um, Cinderella Man. He's He's been in a lot of really, really good films. So it's hard to say that a film with Russell Crowe is going to be bad. This, I'm not going to say, is good, but it's it's just one of those films that kind of fills you with anxiety from the very first second, and you're kind of on edge the entire time. If you don't mind films like that, then I would definitely say watch this. Uh, it's basically a portrayal of what would happen to a person with extreme road rage, and you had to deal with that person. Like, you get behind somebody, you beep at them, and that beep you give them, it just kind of sends them into a tirade, and then they like, really want to fuck up your life because of it. And I'm going to only leave it at that because I don't want to give away too much because there is a little bit more to the story. But at its core, it essentially is just... That is... That beep is one beep too many for this character that Russell Crowe plays. Russell Crowe plays. And he's basically ruining the, the lady's life who beeped at him. And it's because of some other stuff. Again, I'm not going to go too deep into that if you do want to see it. Uh, however, it is short and it is very worth it. Whether or not you're a Russell Crowe fan, it is very anxiety ridden, very well thought out. And there doesn't seem to be too much that just makes it kind of go longer than it needed. Almost like, oh... They added these random things to make it a longer movie. Like, if it was a two-hour movie, then I would say that. But because it's only about an hour and a half, it feels appropriate at an hour and a half. Like, a 90-minute mark for a story like this, especially how they progress the story, sort of makes sense to me. There's a few things that happen that kind of lead into the area of Farfetch'd. Um, I can't even say too Farfetch'd, because there might be some areas that that does kind of makes sense. So, for example, there's a scene where she stops at a gas station. She thinks she got away from him. He shows up. She gets in the car and tries to run off. She wants to call 911. She can't find her phone. He broke into the car and stole her phone. And she's one of these types of people that doesn't have, like, a screen lock, fingerprint, face lock, key entry, none of that. So he gets into the phone really easily, and he starts... He starts, like, contacting people and, like, going to people's addresses. So, like, that's the thing. Like, these, this is where certain things kind of send me into the area where it doesn't make sense. So, like, he's able to find the addresses of people that mean something to her. Who puts people's addresses in their phone? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing that all, the, all of my contacts have two things. It has the number and the email. I don't think I've ever needed to put an address to somebody's in the actual contact information. I mean, call me crazy. Again, this might just be a me thing. Maybe some people do it. And if that's a thing that the majority of people do, then I guess there's a little bit more realism there. But then there's another point where, like, he's talking to her on the phone through her phone. Like, he puts his phone in her car 
and takes her phone, calls his phone from her phone, and is, like, telling her, like, give me the name of somebody that I can go and, like, uh, torture, and you're going to choose them because you need to know what a bad day is. And so he's going through there, and he's opening up the apps because he has full range of it. There's no lock on the phone. So that, by itself as well, is realistic. There's a lot of people who don't have locks on their phone. I have learned the... Um, the the benefits of putting things like your fingerprint in your phone or or uh, a swivel lock on the phone. So I utilize those things. The majority of people do, but there's a small portion of people that don't. So him being able to access the phone makes sense, but then he gets to access her bank account, and I'm like, if she doesn't have like a screen thing set up, like I know that I could sign into my bank account with my fingerprint. But she doesn't have that set up. It's freely opened. So how is he able to freely access her bank account and threaten to transfer her money to somebody else to leave her broke? Like, that to me is far-fetched. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's certain phones or certain bank accounts that will still keep it saved so it's easy login, I guess. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I feel like he would have to, you would have to be one of those people. So here's the circumstances where that has to make sense. Not only do you have to be one of those people who don't protect their phone, but you also have to be the same person who has the same password for everything. And no matter what's saved, any guess of any password for any saved application, the password would still be the same. I mean, maybe that's possible, but that just seemed a little far-fetched to me. Again, I'm also talking about a movie and the idea of things being too far-fetched in the film is kind of redundant. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't sit there and go, what, what's um, the actor who played Sam in Game of Thrones said it best? He's like, uh, oh, you're doing all this walking around and you're not really eating a lot and you're talking about being hungry, but you're fat. How are you fat in that world? And the actor's like, this is a show about dragons and me being fat is what stops you from believing. And I pull that card out for a lot of different things that pop up, whether it's in films or TV shows. I'll stop a person right away who said, who says some shit like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm like, this is a show about pirates, and that's the, that's the thing that doesn't make sense to you. It's, it's a very good kind of counter-argument, because, yeah, it's fantasy. It's written that way. But, you know... Certain things need to be written to an extent where it does make sense. So there are a few things that happen here that are a little far-fetched, that kind of don't make 100% sense to me, but it, it is worth sitting through. I'm not going to say it's not worth sitting through. If you didn't like films that like really like kept your anxiety going, maybe this isn't for you because you're going you're gonna to be very, very... Uh, I don't even want to say on the edge of your seat because it's not like suspenseful. It's just you don't know what's going to happen next. And that form of storytelling is good for films. And this is definitely a film that does justice to utilizing the the suspensefulness of the situation that it's portraying. And another thing that makes me uncomfortable, and I will admit this, I can't do... I don't do very well... With people getting hit by cars in films. With the way that the technology is now, and the ability that film production studios have in making them look way more realistic than they should, makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> so, unless it's like, like, I can watch them blow up cars in Transformers, 
I can watch them do stupid shit in Fantastic, not Fantastic, Fast and the Furious. I can see those things, and my brain does kind of acknowledge that that doesn't make any sense, so it's acknowledging that it's not real. But when you have films that just randomly have a person get hit by a car, or gets or gets pummeled by a truck, or a car gets like hit by a train or something, when it's just kind of not 100% part of that film, but it, it's it comes up and it happens so fluently that it doesn't even look like there's any sort of movie magic. Like there's no dummy. It's just a it's it's the digital stuff that they do to make it look as realistic as possible. I can't handle that shit. There's a there's a scene where that happens. I mean, of course you're talking about a movie about road rage. It happens a couple of times. But the first one that happens in the film I let out a noise that my wife had to pause and she looked at me and started crying in laughter and I had to explain to her, I'm like, I, I can't do that. I can't do stuff like that in movies and I just, I almost squealed to an extent because it just makes me uncomfortable. I can't do, everybody has a little quirk of what they can't do for a film. They can't see blood, they can't see people getting stabbed, they can't see people falling off buildings or whatever. Everybody has different things. My thing is I can't see people get hit by cars. So whenever that happens in a film, it makes me very uncomfortable and I get even more anxious than what the film was already trying to give me. So not only does this film leave you anxious for the story, but it's also just makes it even worse for me because I can't handle people getting hit by cars and it's a film about road rage so it was a tough watch from beginning to end I did enjoy it I would say watch it but be prepared to be uncomfortable for the hour and a half it is very much on the edge of your seat it is very much uh, a weird portrayal of something that's very real but obviously over-exaggerated. But, and it does make you kind of sit there and go, I'm going to drive safe for the rest of my life because I'm not going to deal with... I don't want to deal with any of this. And it really is that idea that makes it even more realistic is that you're going to... If you, you try to pick fights with anybody in a store or in a restaurant or on the road and you get road rage, you don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know who's in the other car. You don't know who that other person is. There's... um. A Sebastian Maniscalco joke where he says, you know, back in the day when you were in a club, if a guy bumped into you, you started the fight. You threw a punch, he threw a punch, maybe one of you wins and then maybe you get, it gets broken up. That's just how fighting was back in the day. Now, you don't know who does MMA fighting, who could snap your neck in a second. And it's true. You don't know who you're dealing with. So you try to step to somebody that you think you're better than or you think that you can take and you never know what the other person knows what the other person's going through or who the other person is maybe the person you're fucking with in the store just might have killed somebody an hour ago and they're just like in the zone where it's like yeah you know what i'm gonna follow you in the parking lot and slit your throat you don't know so it does give you that kind of scare it uses that kind of scare tactic of saying you never know who you're meeting you never know who you're dealing with you never know what somebody else is going through and you should always be care careful who you decide to fuck with if that's something that makes you uncomfortable or or if you just want to even watch this to get that idea in your head and try to really view what that idea is like 
in a movie perspective. And being that this isn't the first time something like that has probably been portrayed in a film, it is probably one of the best, most modern versions of how that story could be told. I don't recall of a film from the last maybe 20 or 30 years that kind of spoke about road rage in the sense that this kind of film does in a way. So it is unique in that sense, but it is still very, very uncomfortable. But I'm going to leave that up to you. I would say watch it, but be be prepared. Let's be ready for it. 